Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Let's go. Zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap. Protect your peace, protect your energy. Welcome back to the Zen Trap. I'm one of your two hosts, Yogi LG. Zen P. We got a special episode today, um, but the mission here at the Zen Trap is to inspire and empower people to continuously seek internal peace to maximize their personal potential. Um, super, super special episode. Zippy, go ahead and tell them what we got today. We got a super special guest today. Glad we could get him on short notice. For sure. Uh, we got an Aggie alumni. For sure. North Aggie Carolina representative. For sure. Uh, goes oh, yeah. by Nerd Online. We call her BG. We got Brittany in the building with us today. Talking about our topic for the month, which is anxiety. So the interview will be, you know, around that, but we can still ask other questions as we see fit. Uh, welcome to the Zen Trap. Here at the Zen Trap, our first question we like to always lead with so that we can kind of get some information maybe that we might not have gotten before is letting you kind of introduce yourself. We give you two minutes to tell your life story from birth till now. Mm. Uh, there's not going to be a running clock. We're not going to like just try and like stop. You may give you like if you're going over like in the four or five minute range, we might give you a little hand signal or something. But really, whatever you want to uh, disclose, you tell your life story from from when you were born to where you at right now. Shoosh. All right, man. Now, just first off, just really excited to be here, um, especially with you two, especially talking about this particular topic. Um as far as as Brittany from from birth till now, February fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, two fifty nine. She's a lover, um, <laughs> for sure, for sure. That day after Valentine's Day, um, which has already you know made my life a craziness. Um, but yeah, no, just born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm the oldest of five. Uh, went to undergrad at North Carolina A and T Computer Science. I've I've been doing computers. I've been doing programming since seventh grade. Um, so just felt like a nice little gateway into that. So went to the illustrious HBCU, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University for undergrad, um, went to move to Cincinnati after undergrad, went to University of Cincinnati for my master's computer science still, um, worked for a lot of different companies, um, as a software developer, I've done corporate America, I've done federal government, state government, nonprofits, startups within like their first uh, one to two years of of making like a lot of money. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know, man, that's, that's like the very, very top, but like there's just so many other things um, and trying to really keep this on there too. A lover of sneakers, um, been that way since third grade, uh, been collecting um, since high school, uh, Took a little break in college because broke college student. Broke. Um, hear me? Definitely picked back broke. up as an adult. Sure. Broke. Broke. I didn't know how people were driving around these dope ass cars and stuff like that because I ain't have it. Um, but yeah, so uh, collecting sneakers have in the past four or five years moved from just sneakers to more fashion overall. Um, as I've gotten more comfortable with myself, my sexuality, who I want to be as I present to the world. Um it's it throws people off sometimes but i'm actually like very much so introverted you get me into a large room you're going to see me standing to the side quiet um but the thing that i've allowed to speak for myself and help me um which has actually really helped my social anxiety um is the way i dress um and that just being a conversation starter for a lot of places that i've been in 
um, sometimes even like uncomfortable spots. Like I was telling um, someone earlier, like I've had conversations about sneakers with people in hospitals before. Um, just like the most randomness of things um, has kind of brought me uh, with fashion. So, so yeah, just um, I guess the the later Brittany is, is more focused on mental wellness, um, doing things that make me feel good, um, help the people around me feel good, feel better. Um, just been a lot of working on like my anxiety, my depression, spending a lot of time around that because as I'm moving, I feel like I'm finally hitting adult age. I'm, I'm 35 next year and I'm finally feeling like, okay, this is now adult Brittany. What does adult Brittany want to look like that's different than the past Brittany? And a lot of that is, you know, how I, I cope and stuff with my anxiety and my depression and what that looks like moving into this next phase of life. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. I'm always looking to try something weird. Um, I love being weird. It's like my favorite thing to do. Like the weirder I can be, the better. Um, yeah, man, and just and loving to talk to people about these type of things. Um, that's been something else that's been a big part of my just social presence and stuff is not only just like the sneakers and fashion, but where I'm at mentally, um, my mental struggles, um, as well as like other people around me, just kind of letting people know they're not by themselves. Um, shit can look all glamorous and stuff. Like I've had people be like, I never would have thought you were going through anxiety because your life looks like this. Well, you see a picture in a still shot, you know, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes of that. So I've been, you know, working adamantly on, on breaking those barriers, um, and kind of changing that. Nah, like, uh, you know, somebody with anxiety, depression can also be, you know, this person who does this, this and that doesn't mean I don't suffer from those things. Um, I just have to go about it a different way. So I don't know. That's that's me in a little oh, bit. That's, we'll, we'll hit a lot more during the podcast. That was perfect. great. Perfect. Um, that's exactly why we thought of you first. Uh, we love how transparent and vulnerable you can be on social media. That's very rare for uh, people. And I, I I know how, again, vulnerable that can be to put yourself out there like that. And I don't know how many comments you may get uh, from people in general, but I know even for me, when I see it, sometimes it touches me whether I send you a message sometimes or not. I know I, I try to every now and then when it's something like that really does. But uh, for me in general, yeah, when you when you put stuff out there like that, it really helps me too to know that, you know, everybody, it's good. To, it's refreshing to see somebody be like real on the internet, not just again, posting all this uh, other stuff that's out there as well. It's fluff, so it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, you in the kicks, you in the fashion, you, you talk about your anxiety, you talk about your marriage, you talk about your lifestyle. Uh, what's your like, I know people come to you and say random things, whether they compliment you on your, your fit or your life or whatever. What's your favorite compliment to get? Like, oh, this makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I love it when somebody tell me this. Um, it's man, it's a it's a tie. Like, first off, anybody telling me they love my fit, I'm just I'm I'm on airs <laughs> yeah. all day. Um, for real. Like in Detroit, like I live in Detroit and it's very much so a place of like, if somebody sees something they like, they're going to say something. Like I've, I've stopped whole, like I went to go see the Nike air movie. Um, and afterwards I'm sitting there and I'll see this dude walk in. I don't know this dude from anybody, but he has on this dope off white crew neck. He then came in with the off white bridge, like dude came dressed. And I'm like, and if nobody else is going to tell him today, yeah. I'm going to make sure yeah. I tell him today. He is, he is easily the flyest dude in this whole theater. Um, so I always love that compliment. But honestly, kind of going back to P said, like, I, especially when you're dealing with anxiety, depression, like, 
my anxiety doesn't stop just because I posted it. Usually when I post something, my anxiety is now ramped a little bit more because I'm like, shit, is somebody thinking I'm doing this just for attention? Like, is somebody about to judge me and be like, oh, she's this, that, and the third? But what usually happens, which is why I've just gotten into a constant space of doing it, is I get those messages, those man, I'm dealing with that shit too. And nobody else around me is trying to talk about it. Like the dang, like, I understand where you're coming from. Like I get a lot of like, people send me paragraphs and stuff of just not only where they at and where they're going through, but just like encouraging words as well. Um, And like a lot of times when they're doing that, they're like, hey, I know you're dealing with this and that, but I want you to understand that when we see you, we see you as like this dope person and stuff. And that I can never... I, I, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't ever get around the feeling that that gives me. And it's a mixed bag too, because I'm happy and sad at the same time. I'm sad that another person is dealing with that, but I'm grateful and happy that I can be in a space to say something. And now they at least feel like, you know, if, if, if ain't nobody else going through it, I know nerd is going through it. I know Brittany has said something about this. So that just like when I have conversations with people and it's, it's more focused on mental health than fashion, that's when I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. I, I love it. Yeah. That's what I love about it. I, I like to make sure that you are feeling validated in what you're putting out there. Cause you're already vulnerable by, by putting it out there. So just making sure that you know, that this is, you're on the right track. This is necessary for us and it helps us. Um, speaking of anxiety, when, what, what does anxiety mean to you? And like, when did you first notice your personal anxiety? I guess, when would you say you kind of recognize like, yeah, I probably have anxiety. Cause that's a tricky subject to me because I feel like everybody gets stressed. Everybody has some form of anxiety, but how do you know when you're like, Oh no, I really got anxiety. Like I'm struggling. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. Um, I got diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder and a severe depression about 10 years ago. So not too long after I graduated college. Um, and it's, and I understand what you're saying because in that moment, I'm in this massive transition time. Like I've, I've left North Carolina. I'm now living in Cincinnati by myself, um, you know, starting to pay bills and things for the first time, all these things of, of being an adult that you dream about that are now in front of me at like 22, 23. Um, and it's easy to see like, oh, okay, you know, I'm just stressed. Like this, this feels stressed, but when it's been days and you're not sleeping and like other things start feeling off and stuff, you're like, okay, this may not be just stress. Like I've done the reading until I fall asleep. I've done the going to the gym, you know, when I'm feeling certain energy, you know, what else could it be? So I went to a psychiatrist um, and literally got diagnosed. But the thing with my anxiety is it took this odd backseat to my depression for a very long time. So like in the past couple of years, I would say two to three years, I've been in a space of my depression, not alleviating because it doesn't ever go away, but at least not being like the main thing that's bothering me. Like I have an episode from time to time, but as far as like my day to day, it's no longer a, a concern. It was literally at that moment, and I'm, I was working with my therapist then too. I've been in therapy for like 10 plus years, but it was at that moment me and my therapist recognized, oh shit, this is what your anxiety looks like. Like it looks almost completely different from your depression and you're not used to what it is because your depression has been kind of sitting there. 
So in the past two, three years, I've had to really take in and own what my anxiety feels like. And like, we worry about things, but like, when you get to the point of you're worrying and you're not doing anything at all, like I wake up in the morning and the entire day is just like, I can't do it. Like, I need to do all of these things and I can't do any of it. I'm going to just sit here the entire day and do nothing, but then be pissed off at myself because I've done nothing. And now I'm pissed off at myself and like, why can't you just get up and move? And you're trying to understand like, I'm able, my arms move, my legs move. Like, what is it that is literally holding me in place? It's a loop. It was my anxiety. It, 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 oh man, it's so horrible. I can't remember what my therapist calls it, but it's a horrible cycle of like, crap, I feel like this. Crap, now I'm upset that I feel like this, which is just making that feeling even more. And now how the hell do I get out of this cycle? Um... So yeah, my anxiety has been something I've had to deal with more in the past two, three years than I ever have before. Definitely in the past couple of months more than I have ever before. Um, and that was just because I got, you know, finally my coping mechanisms with depression and stuff locked down. And then my anxiety was like, don't forget about me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we uh, always like like to ask, if you go to therapy, do you recommend therapy? Obviously you say you've been in therapy therapy 10 plus years but is there a certain type of um I guess what kind of led you to finding that specific therapist or uh did you find a good one on the first try or did you have to try a couple um kind of talk to us about that a little bit yeah um I've had a couple different therapists um I had one in Cincinnati that was cool um but then like she so I'm in a sorority she ended up also being a soror and she told me that at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, wait, if I want to be active and be around people, I don't know if I want somebody, you know, who also has has been around me in that space too. Um, so it was comfortable, but it wasn't, I didn't fall in love with it like I have with my current therapist. Um, so when I moved to Detroit, um, I tried at least one other therapist before this one. Um, and I want to say I found her on like goodtherapy.org because um, I wanted to make sure I got a black woman. Um, I was very adamant about that. Um, and so finding Kiana the past like six, seven years, I've given her card out so much to my other friends and they go to her that I stopped giving out her information because now it's hard for me to get an appointment. Um, but like that process, like she just felt, she, I don't know. She felt like home very quickly to me. Um, and I, and realizing as I got to know her a little bit, like she's like the oldest, uh, she has eight kids. Um, so like my mom has five and I started seeing like resemblances in my mother to a certain extent with her. And I can understand that being something that my body felt like I needed because a lot of therapy as an adult is like figuring out how things were as a kid. And so it's almost like this, this reaffirming piece of like, I have this older black woman who feels like a mother to me that can sit here and talk about these things with me um in a in a different perspective um but still having like the extreme like black perspective that was always extremely important to me like I don't want to have to explain why I went into my office and I'm pissed off because James then said something weird to me like I don't want to hear her talk to you about microaggressions (laughs) I need you to know they exist you know um so yeah so like with her and like I'm a big I'm a huge advocate for therapy um I've become even more an advocate for therapy when another person agrees it's very easy when you get into therapy to look at other people and be like bro you need therapy like i need you to go talk to somebody 
but like I've done that in spaces where the other person wasn't ready and you just don't get the benefits. So like, it's also just a mental adjustment of understanding what therapy can give you um, before like signing up to it has been like a really big push for me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm therapy 10 toes down. Um, always, I'll probably stay in therapy. Like I, I tell people it's like, you go to the gym, um, you go to a doctor for checkup. Like this is just, it's a mental checkup. Um, it's a mental workout. So I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm even, um, I'm in couples therapy as well, nice. uh, with one of my partners. Yeah. So, and like, we, we said, like, we've been married almost eight years now. And we said, you know, after year five that we would, we did premarital and stuff. We were like, all right, five years in, you know, unless we've already been in therapy, like we need to, let's go back to, to counsel. Like, let's go to uh, couples. Let's, we have individual therapists, um, but let's like bring some stuff together. Let's make sure we have that super safe space for us to talk about whatever it is, even if we feel like we can't talk about it at home. Um, so like, I'm, I'm a big advocate for therapy and like all the ways that make sense to that. Person. Yeah. That's super mature, super Adult-ish. rare for me. I don't really hear a lot about people doing that uh, type of stuff. And if they do, they aren't, again, like you are transparent and vulnerable about it, which helps us as black people, other people get more comfortable with doing it. So I wouldn't even call that weird, but I can see how other people in the culture be like, oh, that's a little weird. It's more weird that you're talking about it and open about it, which I love stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Um, what would you say are some of, well, you don't have to name these, but would you say your anxiety has like triggers that you've kind of started to recognize? And um, if you have started to recognize the triggers, what uh, anxiety techniques have you picked up? Cause we know it's not one size fits all, but what has worked for you? Would you say? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely in a space of registering some of my triggers. Um, a lot of things still have to do with like childhood for me. Um, so in therapy, I'm in something right now called, um, I always do this wrong. Oh, okay. EMDR. Um, it's like this rapid eye movement thing, but it makes you go back and view at, uh, things that have happened to you as a kid from like a different perspective so that you can unattach the trauma to it. Um, and so like, I'm, I definitely register some things, um, here and there, like, and this is going to sound like maybe trivial, I'm not sure, but like I was on a plane last week. And I have a Nintendo Switch I got for my birthday last year. As the oldest of five, sharing is like, I hate it. I absolutely hate sharing. But I, I do it all the yeah. time. But I don't like to do it. Um, it's just kind of this space of like, you know, somebody else that you, that you that you love or whatever wants something that you have. Okay, cool. Like, But like, I don't love it. And so sometimes it comes out, it feels like in the most pettiest of ways. So my Nintendo Switch, I got it for my birthday. It's mine. However, my husband loves to play it and he plays it probably he's been playing a little bit more than me because I'm not really a big video games person. I got it as trying to get like an outlet, a different outlet than like the other things that I do. Um, But like I've gotten back into like wanting to play Zelda and like he pulled it out. We're on a plane. He pulls it out and I'm just like, I want to play that. Like, why is he playing? I think I want to play it. And I'm having this emotion as we're literally on the way to my mother's wedding. So in my head is already, I'm about to go into an environment where I know I'm going to have to share. I know I'm going to have to pay attention. Like I have, I have younger siblings. My youngest brother is on the autistic spectrum, but he's 19. So we're at an adults only spot or whatever. So he's there, but like, this is his first time really being out and about and stuff. So I'm like, I know I'm going to have to do these things. And it's like a rush of childhood just came back 
where I was like, I just want my Nintendo Switch. And so like, it's funny because like I've, I finally, I'm in a space where I can catch it right before it's about to turn up a little <laughs> bit more yeah. where I've been like, okay, I'm being a little petty now. I can go more petty and be like, give me my shit. Or I can take the second, I can register what's really happening with me, which was like, after I took a minute, I'm like, I'm about to go around my family. Anytime I go around my family, it's anxiety before I get there. And as soon as I get there, everything is love. Like every single time though. Um, so taking those things in, like I had told him, he's like, no, I'm just going to put it down. I'm like, no, I need you to a certain extent to play it. Like I need to be able to, to deal with these emotions and get over it and not just, you know, have you just pass it over to me. And that's the solution. Um, I eventually did For get sure. the Nintendo Switch and I've For been sure. playing it a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is um, yours. It is yours. But yeah, it's, it's mine. It's mine, damn it. Um, so yeah, so just things like that. Um, I mean, being around large groups and stuff is definitely, uh, a trigger for me. So I have some different things that I do as far as like, depending on who I'm with, kind of letting them know like a heads up, like, Hey, if I start kind of looking like wild eyed and I kind of disappear for a second, I promise you I'm good. Um, I just need a minute to breathe. Um, meditation has become a big coping mechanism for me. Um, especially anxiety, just the, the slow breathing, the being able to ground myself, you know, feel my toes, feel, my calf muscles kind of flex and unflex them have, has been a thing my therapist has given me. Um, there's a song um, I actually listened to, uh, Marconi Union. It's this like lo-fi beats song, but it's been like scientifically proven to reduce wow. stress. Like it's like the top song to reduce stress. Yeah. My therapist has given me, I, I just, I cannot rave about her enough because she understands me. Like, I'm not a person you can just tell something to. Like, this is going to make you feel better. And I'm going to be like, okay, let me go do it. She'll be like, let me send you about three different articles on this thing. And I'm like, you know me, you get me. I need to read and understand what's happening for me to really buy into it. And that buy-in is what really makes things work. Um, So yeah, she gave me that song a while ago. It actually ends up being one of my top played songs on Spotify every year. Because if I'm on a plane, I'm claustrophobic a little bit and I, I fly often. So that's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. So on planes and stuff, I'm, I'm rethinking and I'm like, I'm playing loud music and stuff. I don't want to be like that dude yelling about why the baby. He was probably just having a panic attack. I'm just saying. Like, he's like, why did the baby pay enough to yell like this? Like, he you know was probably about? having a panic attack. No. I'm just saying, yeah. No. Oh, okay. I didn't think. I know what you're talking oh, about. That's why I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Did the baby pay extra to yell on this motherfucker? (laughs) He is yelling. He is now yelling louder than the baby. But I'm like, bro, all he was like in this echo chamber. Like I understood, I understood where he felt, like how he felt in that moment. Um, But it's a lot of different things that really just depend on my environment as to like what makes sense for a coping mechanism too. Um, So yeah, and then like I said, my depression and my anxiety have two completely different coping mechanism skills. So that's that's always a fun one to play with. All right, so we got a a tagline here, a mantra as in trap that's protect your peace and protect your energy. We believe in that. Um, Mm. And so what do you feel like allows you to protect your peace and protect your energy? And this is more like prevention. And I think you already named one where you said, like, once you recognize you're in big crowds, if you need a second to walk off. Yeah. I think even communicating that to people so that they know, like, instead of just doing it, because we've talked about this in our friend group sometimes where 
uh, just to be broad, if somebody does something and we don't know what it is, we can ask them about it. But now it's like, oh, we recognize that if you had communicated that to us, now it's nothing for us to even worry about. We're not worried. We're not going to ask you a question. You go do your thing. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So I think even you communicating that, hey, you see me in a, in a group and I go take a little break. It's nothing's wrong. I promise everything's fine. Oh, okay, cool. Like that makes us for feel sure. That's definitely, definitely something. Yeah, and I think, uh, honestly, the biggest thing that's given me the most peace is just, like, my transparency. Wow. Um, I I just, I love to, I love to expectation set. I want people to be exactly aware of what you're getting with me, whether that's romantic relationships. So um, I'm, I'm polyamorous, so I, I have more than one, like, main love um, as far as like my life is concerned. And so like in that space, I need everybody to understand, like, these are the things I can do. These are the things I can't do. Like, as far as just me and my personal boundaries, like just because I, I actively date two people doesn't mean I want to split my time between two people. I need time to myself as well. Um, so just being transparent in all the different ways, romantically and friendships, even on social media and stuff that I feel like that allows me, I can show up as me. Because you shouldn't be expecting anything else because I've literally told you, you know, who and what I am. Doesn't go to say I don't have, you know, miscommunication or things like that with people. Um, but it's just a way that I actively try to move so that I can feel comfortable. Um, a lot of, I mean, anxiety is is all, it sucks. It's all in your head. And when you realize that other people are just not looking at you in the lens that you feel like they're looking at you. Um, it feels like a, a big release, but at the same time, that thought still pops up in my head. Um, and so like me just being extremely transparent about who I am and all the aspects of me that, that makes sense. I, I try to just get that out just so, like I said, people just understand and I'm not, I don't feel like I have to show up differently or show up in a different way. Um, you already let them know. That's really been like the, yeah, like that's really, that's like the biggest thing for me. Like if I, if I let you know who I am and from that you decide this, this, and the third, I feel like that's kind of on you now. Like I've, I've alleviated more or less that pressure from myself to be something. Um, and I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm me. This is, this is me. Um, and you either rocking with it or you not. And it's okay if you're not like, I can't, I can't be everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I, I just love to know that ahead of time too. So I, I know how to move. Yeah. Um, I think that's been like the biggest thing for, sure. for me. Okay. All right. So has your anxiety ever like physically impaired you in any type of way? Like, have you seen it manifest or even your depression manifest itself physically? I know we talked about like literally not feeling like you can get up and move and do stuff. Um, but has it manifested itself in any other way? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm in Michigan, um, medicinal marijuana. Um, well we have recreational now too, but medicinal marijuana is here. Um, and I've actually had a card since it became legal, maybe about a year after it became legal, 2017. Um, and that card was because at that moment, as I was dealing with my depression, I didn't realize the panic attacks I was having. I didn't register them as panic oh, wow. attacks. Yeah. So I would get up in the morning and I would like start vomiting more or less. Like I would be dry heaving. Sometimes something would come up, but I would just, and I would, rush into a sweat and I would be so hot and I'm like what the hell is going on and it would last for like 15 minutes and then it would go away and then I would be left to like you know try to get through or like start working through my day it took 
a lot of doctor's appointments and some therapy sessions to realize it was a mix of my acid reflux. I'm freaking getting older. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and panic attacks. I was having a panic attack almost every morning. Um, and, and once I realized that when I got a medicinal card, cause it definitely cuts on the nausea. Um, so I started, you know, using marijuana and stuff for that space. But like, once I got that, it changed a lot of even just like how I was registering things in my body. Like I would, and I can even see it in other people. Now my, my girlfriend, she had started having a panic attack about a month ago. And I'm like, you're hyperventilating. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, you are literally, I promise you, you're hyperventilating right now. Like you are having a panic attack. Um, so yeah, no, it shows up like that. And it's the absolute worst. Like I can be in a crowd of people and I'll just have this bout of like nausea and I'm trying to keep my face straight. So it doesn't look like I've just gotten like extremely sick. Um, and for the most part with my breathing and stuff, I've been able to subside it. Um, but also that's sometimes why I go into a crowd and I get a little high beforehand, um, just to like, I know it's going to come. I don't even want to think about it. Um, and that'll kind of set me up for success too. Um, I've gotten on anxiety meds because of it. It just, it's gotten so normal as like a normal day is like, oh, I'm going to have some nausea and I'm realizing I don't necessarily have to work in that, in that world. Um, so I've, I've gotten on some anxiety medication to cut down that as well. But yeah, like it, it's so crazy when something mental shows up in a physical representation because it's like how do you explain it like i'm going to the doctor and she's testing me for this this that and the third i'm like but i'm telling you i am getting extremely nauseous and i'm dry heaving in the mornings and stuff um and all that like that realization also led me like i switch jobs on a regular now um if i start feeling any like i was having panic attacks because i was going to a job i absolutely hated um, with a, a engineering lead who clearly did not like me at all. Um, and so like when that starts happening and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling things as I'm waking up in the morning and stuff, it's telling me I need to review my life and figure out what exact thing, what is that thing that's really fucking with me? And like, sometimes it's my job. Like I, t- I, <laughs> I haven't stayed now at a spot more than like 18 months, 24 months tops now since my first job out of college. I was there for seven years. Um, and then after that, I've literally just, I'm at a company. Stick and move. Bro, I got, bro, that's how you Stick get the move. Dude, but that's another That is how you get the that's bag. Another that is another conversation for some engineers about getting the bag. Bruh, I tell people all the time, I moved 100K in two and a half years by God. changing my job. Dang. By BG. changing my job. Easy. Yeah. Easy, hey, like, clap it up. Clap it bruh, up. That's bruh. what's up. That's what's up. That is another topic for another day. And we definitely <laughs> yeah, need to we bring go, you back on for that. that. We might have had that corporate, as a special episode. Uh, how to get to the back. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, I mean, that's just a bit because niggas don't want to, for some reason, they don't like to give people internal bumps and stuff and they are suffering from it. Whatever. Yes. Let's talk about that. Stick your move. All of that makes sense. Um, I, what advice would you give other people dealing with anxiety? I'm sure that's a generic question you kind of yeah. can get. Um, honestly, it would be more so like understanding yourself. Um, I think anxiety just shows up a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And like I've I've even had conversations with other people who have anxiety, and they're like, they don't they can't even recognize it in other people when it shows up a certain way. And so, like, I mean, of course, my first thing is always go talk to somebody, get some therapy. Um, there's sure. nothing wrong with getting some therapy in your life. But, um, 
you got you really got to understand like where it's coming from and like everything in us stems from something nothing comes from nothing um so everything even the way that we act the way that we treat other people and stuff it comes from something and i think understanding that and being able to take accountability um because like dealing with my anxiety and depression i've not been like the greatest person to everybody around me either and i've sometimes it was under the guise of like oh i'm dealing with depression but you can deal with depression and still be a, a good person um and so really just taking the accountability taking ownership of like okay these things like i'm i'm having to take ownership now that some things happened to me in childhood that weren't great um my mind has kind of made them to be okay so that i can continue to move but as I'm going through and I'm really trying to understand triggers and stuff, I'm having to take, you know, the awareness of like, hey, some other things happen and like, I need to still work through those. Like they happen to me. I need to still do the work so that other people, they, it's that saying like, you know, um, heal so that you don't bleed on other people. Um, that's a, that's a really big one, man. I even like everything we do, how we treat other people really is a representation of ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. Um, and so when dealing with anxiety, like you really gotta, it's not other people necessarily causing your anxiety. It may be things that they're doing, but there is something bigger there that has to do with you. Um, and so my thing always is like, look internally. I feel like I've noticed a lot of people just don't, they don't take the second to pause, um, and like really take in, like, I still got homies that, and it's no disrespect. Um, I stopped drinking this year, literally. Um, because the drinking was something, my social anxiety, like I always felt I had to have a cup in my hand. I don't have anything to say. I need to take a sip. I still have friends in that space. And I'm like, what I'm realizing is they just haven't taken the time to be with themselves and understand like themselves and how they want to move and, and what is, is fueling other things. Like I got some friends, I'm afraid if somebody told them not to drink for a month, they would not be able to do it. Like seriously. Um, and so a lot of it's just sitting with yourself, like being comfortable. It feels so cliche, but being comfortable with yourself, um, and who you are, I think will, will definitely help to, to lead you on a healing of, of journey, a healing journey with anxiety. Yeah. Some of the best advice is the most simple. Uh, I think that is one of the best gauges, like what you just said, if you can sit with yourself and be fine, if you are your best company alone, mm. I think that is a great gauge that you are at least on the right track. And I like what you said about it's such a touchy subject because if somebody's depressed and they being a dick about it, that's a hard situation. And then on the other flip side, somebody who is depressed and you feel like, I don't know how to correctly say this, but they, it, it seems like they're always playing the victim about their depression. Like there's mm. no other conversation to be had, but your no depression. accountability. Yeah. But yeah. I also can empathize with the person who's feeling that way because now they get to that point where they feel like, I don't want to talk about anything because now when I talk about it, everybody thinks I'm playing the victim. Or I'm coming. It's a tough little. It's balance. a tough little. It's, it's like <laughs> little loops that you get, and then yeah, whole time just like you said, when you think about it, nobody's really thinking about you as much as you think that they are. No, nobody yeah. is really gives up. facts. They are in wow. their head thinking about themselves, <laughs> literally <laughs> doing yeah. the same thing. Literally, so, man. So speaking of advice, that's advice for uh, people who are suffering anxiety and or depression, but. Uh, we like to do this to kind of just think about what would you give, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? If you could talk to BG at 18 and it don't necessarily have to be about anxiety or depression, anything. but just anything like what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Um, now that you're, you know, going on 35, like how, how, how would you say like, Hey, BG, you should do this. 
Um, all right, don't nobody judge me for this. All right, no um, judgment right here. here. No here. judgment right here. Not but here. honestly, I wish somebody would have like made me question my sexuality at eighteen, and mm. like be and I say that like uh, as a bisexual person now, uh, or I just like to say fluid or queer, or whatever. Like I talk to people, even I talk to my mom. I've had conversations, and I'm like. Did you by chance think I was interested in girls <laughs> as a kid? And her answer is, oh, yeah. And I'm like, why didn't nobody tell me? Like, literally, I can't tell y'all. Every, when I came out, it was not a surprise to anybody. Literally, I think I was the only one surprised. And so I wish that I would have been in the mindset more to question everything. I think that's more so what I'm really saying for my 18-year-old self. Now, after college, I started questioning everything. Like, I, I still, to this day, I question absolutely everything. Um, like, every, everything that I was brought up on and stuff, I've gotten into a new relationship with God um, based on, like, my questioning and things like that. A new relationship with religion. I hate it. Um, like, so, like, just questioning everything at 18 would have felt better. I think, you know, leaving out of high school and stuff where I felt really alone and I went to A&T and felt like I was around a whole bunch of people and I could I had friends and stuff it made me just be like I just want to be with everybody else like I just I want to I want to live like a college kid and this that and the third and even in that space I felt like there was a lot of space for me to question everything um as far as ideologies as far as like how I wanted to live my life and I spent a lot of time it felt like sometime after 18 doing what I thought others wanted me to do. And it took me getting out of college and really living by myself and being like, what's the point of me doing what others want me to do if I'm miserable? And like really like redefining almost everything. Like I've redefined what love looks like for me, what relationships look like for me, all of that. So I think I I said sexuality, but I think the bigger thing is just like, I I wish I would have questioned more. And I feel like that's a prime time in the thing now is it feels like my sister is 21. My baby sister's 21. She has questioned everything since she's been five. Like that's just how she's lived her entire life. It's been annoying from like a big sister perspective. I know from my mother's perspective, but we tell her to all the time. We envy her. We're jealous of her because Ooh, yeah. she has lived herself. She has been unapologetically Berkeley since the age of five. Like I kid wow. you not, she's been like the same. And it's just like, seeing that freedom and stuff she gives with that has led me kind of on like a, I'm going to be transparent as hell with everybody. And like what you, what you see is what you get because that's the kind of the life that she's lived since like birth, which I, again, extremely jealous of. Um, but yeah, just like question every fucking thing, like fuck, yeah. just throw it, throw everything out. You think, you know, and just relearn everything. That's amazing advice for anybody at any age, because sure. not, not questioning it and, and really putting those harsh words on yourself of what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing with stuff that you actually came up with or your parents put on you or your friends or society or whatever. That is what keeps you in those miserable like loops. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like, I'm doing this every day because of what? Because of what? If I die, I always like the bigger one for me that keeps me aware is if, if I die, it's going to be a job break out in two weeks. I know that. Easy. Easy. So Easy. There is Easy. nothing at that job that they're going to tell me that's going to get me stressed out. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. It's... Again, that's the corporate thug and talk. <laughs> it was another part. Oh, what you said, I think that that is just a, uh, you have to have a certain level of comfortability with your friends and family to be able to even pose that question to them sometimes because uh, 
that can change the whole dynamic of a friendship or a relationship, just even gauging that question to somebody. So at, yeah. for me, even asking you, like, let's say I thought you was gay in college, mm-hmm. but you wasn't being gay. Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to approach you with something like that. You know that. what's crazy? Yeah. I got it. I got it my whole life. You got what? I don't I, know. Are you gay? Oh. Lindsay, really? you gay? You like girls? No? 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 Until I probably got it in seventh did. grade when you had that like transition phase. You got it what? Second grade? Seventh. Oh, like, seventh grade. You know, when your voice starting to get deeper and stuff, and then I'm raised around a whole lot of girls and stuff, but I was just so sure and it didn't even phase me. Like, <laughs> not. And then, see, it's just different. Come to find out a lot of the tough football playing dudes, they the ones. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all need to get a little bit more comfortable with yourself. No, but I, I yeah. mean, I can't, I can even say like, now that you say that, I used to look at people asking me if I was gay as a like I I would be offended because at the time I wasn't. And that's I some had South expl- stuff. That's some that's some South. That's the area we live. Of course, in. that's based on how Bible I was belt. raised, right? And so not now listening to you say that, I look at that as a positive because I was able to find myself a whole lot sooner because I started to be like, wait, wait a minute, do I like girls? I mean, I do like girls. <laughs> I do Pose like being around girls. Uh, the question. Yeah, I mean, and the biggest part for me was like, I didn't want my friends, like people who are legit my friends to feel like I was trying to holler at them. And even now I'm very like firm on making sure that people understand like, if I like you, you're gonna know I like you. Like I ain't gonna try to blur those lines. My friends are my friends, y'all like my sisters. We ain't never crossing those lines. Uh, But I think that was the biggest hold up for me is like, oh, I hang with all these girls all the time. They gonna think I'm trying to have sex with them and I'm not. I'm really, I'm really looking at Shadi over here that I ain't said nothing to. Uh, <laughs> so I think now looking at that, like, dang, I'm, I'm kind of happy people even ask me because nobody asked you, which didn't lead you to be curious about it. So definitely, um, being inquisitive was something that I kind of got into early. I started questioning God at like 12, 13, and mm. my church started flipping out. Like they was like, "Oh my God, Lindsay don't believe in God no more." And I was like, no, I'm just inquisitive. So I kind of, similar to your assistant in a little way, like I've been inquisitive my whole life. So that's what's up. That's what's up. You got another one? No, I think, honestly, man, this has been so good. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share with somebody about anxiety and or depression or just anything in general? Like what what nerd wants to leave with the people, uh, the followers of Genstrap? For sure. Nah, man, this has been, this has been a vibe. Like, please ask me any, anytime y'all feel like it's a topic I can talk about, I will gladly hop on with y'all, man. This was, we gonna hold you to that. No, please do. Like I said, when y'all come back to that corporate, please do. Cause I've been telling, I've been telling so many people, I'm like, yo, just switch your job. No, if I stay here, I get vest. I'm like, I don't want to hear none of that. Like switch your damn job. Um, if you really trying to, to move up, but yeah, I mean, I guess my biggest thing would be y'all keep doing stuff like this. Keep having conversations like this. Uh, they trickle down. People do listen. Um, I know I'm going to share the shit out of this episode. Um, so so please, please keep doing that. Um, and also, I guess just everybody. I read um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck a couple years ago. And yeah. I, I can definitely say that did some, that changed a lot of my perspective on things. Um uh, as far as what matters, what doesn't matter, um, and things like that. So read, just get into yourself as much as possible. Like I've had to, I have this journal problem that's been sitting in my phone for two months. And it's like, who am I? What do I like to do and stuff? And like, if you haven't asked yourself that question lately, take the time and do it. Um, like for real. So nah, just, I guess the usual plugins, everybody follow me. <laughs> Nurse please throw me in, please. You know, me in. underscore one zero one. Um, 
I'm in this crazy transition right now. Uh, I got I had gotten laid off from a startup I was working for for a few months last year and end up being like, I'm tired of working for everybody else. So I started my own consulting firm. Um, I work with a couple oh, of different startups glad to hear. in the city, um, Black founders, which makes me feel really good. Um, and they're all getting, they're in like half a million dollar, you know, raising grounds and up. So feeling really good in that space. And as well as like starting to lean more into my fashion bag, I don't plan on being on tech forever. Um, so looking to start doing more in that space. So I've been doing some custom design work, um, working on a two different clothing lines. Um, one of them is Both Rows, which is my, my mental health uh, upcycling company. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. It's all in my bio though on Instagram. Um, I'm going to do random drops with that. Um, there's always a QR code on my products, which lead to things that make me happy. So the first QR code for the first collection is just a playlist on Spotify um, that just makes me want to dance and just makes me happy. And everything around that space will be around, honestly, Black joy um, because it's just so important for me. I, I live in a Black-ass city in Detroit uh, and it's so important for me for these, you know, these imagery to be shared across because there's a lot of happy Black people and there's ways that people, Black people can be happy. And I want to just showcase that. So yeah, just just pay attention. Um, I'm always trying to do something. Uh, drop, drop the IG again. What is it again? Show. We'll have um, it in there. We'll have it in there. Nerdstar, N-E-R-D-S-T-A-R underscore 101. Yep, definitely follow that. If you look on, don't look on Twitter. Don't look on my Twitter. It's private. It's because it's for me. It's not for my brand, damn it. But I do have a YouTube channel as well where I do some fabric dyeing. I do some different. Um, some different things. I, I play around with everything, wood, fabrics, paint, acrylic, oil, like anything I can get my hands on. That's what makes me happy. Uh, so yeah, so now I just follow along and uh, I hope to be back on here soon. This was, this oh, was a good sure. time. This is a great way to spend my Saturday. For One, sure. uh, thank you for your most valuable resource, which is your time. Yeah. Um, two, I definitely want to just say again, thank you for your transparency and vulnerability um, as a fellow somewhat introvert and ambivert i definitely gravitate towards people like you who go into big rooms and aren't much fans of small talks i feel like every time you come to visit dallas or any area that i've seen you in when we have conversations it's usually i love weird conversations it's not around just like hey how's the old job going and stuff it's yeah. deep questions get them in get them out round table type talks love that so appreciate your time definitely gonna have you back on appreciate you for doing this for us Absolutely. Ditto everything he said. I got one question before you go. What's yeah. your sneaker count? How many sneakers oh. you at? Oh, you know, somebody just asked me yesterday when I showed them my room, do I count? I don't count. I, I understand. Have a, I have a lot. That's that's what I know is I have a lot. Um, Licks. I got, if you follow me on Instagram, no y'all already know I got a wardrobe room that I built out COVID. I honestly need to add some more shelves. I've stopped buying kicks. I bought two pairs this year. Um, oh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud. Yeah, I've, That's we, tough. Four months in. Yeah, I bought two That's pairs. That's tough. Um, and it, honestly, the two pairs, of, they were, I had to. The Jordan Playoff 13s, um, those were the first Jordan pair I had as a kid in third grade. So I had to get them when they re-released. Um, and then the Big Bubble Red Air Max 1. Air Max 1s, Air Maxes were the first shoes I started really collecting. Um, before Jordan's actually, and Tinker Halffield is one of my favorite sneaker designers. So I usually try to cop, you know, something that's in that space. But yeah, I've completely shut down because um, I'm trying to move more into a creator space than a consumer space um, mentally. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, so no, it's it's over a hundred, easy, like easily over a hundred from the past nah, couple of years. It's way more than a hundred. Yeah. It's right, way yeah. more than a hundred. BG, chill out, be humble. Yeah, I'm, I got a hundred. You tripping? I'm I'm out of here on this conversation. I think the last pair of shoes I bought was all birds or Crocs or something. All right, yeah, my, my all right, I, we, I, okay. I, I I try to get him on. He he, not with it. It's cool. Hey, but again, we thank not you for it. your time. Uh, you've been great. Uh, this has been an episode of Zen Trap. Uh, we've got BG on, nerd. nerd oh, stuff. last thing, way to see the blessing in getting let go of that job because that anchored you and pushed you into all those other endeavors. So nice. way to see the silver lining nice. in that as well. As uh, Yogi LG said, um, I don't even know how we close it out no more. <laughs> this has been another ZTP. I'm one of your two hosts, MP. Yogi LG. And if you don't do nothing else, make sure you protect your peace. Protect your energy. It's the Zen Trap. We out. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap.